are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. From the best-selling author of The Daily Stoic comes the ultimate stoicism guide to success, resilience, and virtue, to accept what you cannot control and adapt to what you can. A philosophy sports teams across the country are successfully adapting. Lives of the Stoics, the art of living from Zeno to Marcus Aurelius, is available now wherever books are sold. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me at Twitter, on Twitter, at RyanMC23. And joining me is Matt Williamson. Follow him on Twitter, at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how's it going today? It's going great. We had a fun show yesterday. It's going to dig right back in. This uh, Locked On Dynasty thing has been a huge hit. I urge everyone to check it out, spread the word, and also check out the other episodes that we're not a part of, but it's been doing well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. These have been fun. Uh, Matt, I was, I was a little I was a little uh, nervous about this new format. I have to say, I know you've yeah. been with the Locked On Network for quite a while. It was a big change for me, but I've loved, uh, I've loved getting two shows a week. I've I've enjoyed the uh, the segments and the uh, the, the steady uh, the production. Flow of it all. That, yeah, yeah the, right. the flow exactly. Right, uh, I've loved it. And as always, our Wednesday show is all about dynasty value studies. We dig into the current value of some players, and often these players are seeing their value rise. That is certainly what's happening with this first player. James Robinson, the rookie running back from the Jacksonville Jaguars, undrafted free agent who not only has earned the starting job for Jacksonville out of out of training camp, but who has become basically a locked in fantasy starter. I, I can't yeah. believe this. Uh, only the running back 34 in his first week, but but showed a little promise. And then he's given us top 10 uh, performances each of the past two weeks. And what's really interesting is he's starting to show some wide receiver chops or some pass catching chops. Just one catch in week one, three catches for 18 yards in week two. Week three, he catches six passes for 83 yards. A huge part, obviously, of his fantasy production, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, I I know we, we saw Robinson and the Jaguars face the Titans last Thursday night. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you got to check him out then. What are your thoughts on Robinson? I think he's a pretty good player. I mean, I, I think he runs low. He bounces off tackles. He runs hard. <laughs> like a lot of these guys that don't come in the league with a lot of pedigree, effort certainly is not an issue. He's out to prove himself on every touch. Um, and I do think there is some ability there. As a dump-off receiver, like, I don't think he's going to be David Johnson in his prime or McCaffrey or one of these type of Kamara types by any means, but I think he'll catch passes. My big question with him, and this isn't to cut the whole conversation out, is I just don't know if he'll be their week one 2021 starter or not. Right, and that's that's absolutely the question that that as a dynasty player you have to ask yourself. Yeah. Um, and honestly, the thing with Robinson is even if the answer is no, even if you don't think that's the case, he still has some value because he's producing, he's producing right now. Uh, and if you're a contender, if you need one more running back to put you over the top, maybe, maybe James Robinson is the guy to do that. Uh, 
looking at some of our data that we use for our dynasty value study, his DLF ranking is RB27. So just some other, some players being uh, ranked around him. Todd Gurley, James Conner are right before, uh, right before Robinson. And a couple of rookies, Joshua Kelly and Zach Moss are right behind him. How do you compare... Robinson to those some of those players thinking dynasty thinking long term whether that's a, a, a three year window or maybe even longer for you it's a great question because for this year I'd rather have Connor than all those others and it's not close and I understand that he could get hurt tomorrow and be gone but he's dialed in on a good offense and then after that who knows so if you're living for today I definitely want Connor. Gurley can't be on my roster. I, I'm sorry. I have no faith in his uh, burst or knees or any of those things. So I think J-Rob is second for me. Although I think Moss and Kelly have some ability, and I like those guys. But I think he's right behind Connor. And if I'm more worried about tomorrow than today... Well, I, I, I can't say that because I don't know if he'll be the starter next year. So I would go Connor, Robinson, Moss, Kelly, Gurley. Yeah, I think of that group, Gurley is pretty easily the last option uh, because he's he's not even producing right now, right? You look at you look at Kelly and Moss and Robinson as as rookies and think uh, they could be they could be starters for the next three years potentially if if things go right. Maybe, uh, yeah. And of course, as you said with Connor, he's the starter now and, and producing now on a good team. Gurley has no short-term upside or long-term upside. <laughs> no, so, right, so right. He's, he's easily fifth. Uh, I, this is actually, I'm going to have to go check uh, check my own rankings and make sure I've got James Robinson ranked ahead of Todd Gurley. Uh, his ADP, and again, as, as we've said in past episodes, this data was collected uh, before week one started. So as, as you might imagine, this is way off. Um, sure. Of what we might expect right, right now, he was running back sixty-six and one hundred eighty-eight overall. Uh, what I really like about that, although it doesn't give us a ton of insight on his current value, it shows us how much he's risen just over the past three weeks. Essentially, that's where he was being valued now, or then I should say, and now his rank is RB twenty-seven according to the team over at DLF. So so basically he's gained 40 spots just among running backs thanks to three weeks of production. And all he cost you probably was a waiver wire pickup, you know, to, to get somebody who just went up 40 spots in the running back ranks. All right. That's, that's what he cost initially. Yeah. Let's get into his cost right now because <laughs> it's pretty crazy. And actually before I share some of these trades that have been completed, Matt, when you have a guy like this who who hits out of nowhere uh, and, and sees the big value spike, are you more likely to cash out on that player as quickly as you can, or are you going to ride it out and see if you can really find the next Arian Foster? I'm more of a flip em guy. I mean, unless yeah. unless for some reason I loved him coming out of school and couldn't believe he didn't get picked and he was my Waldman sleeper, you know what I mean? Um, but if, if I find gold, I'm going to flip it, double my money and say thanks and not turn around and see what happens to him. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. We've got uh, a handful of trades here. Almost all of them I would do in a heartbeat selling James Robinson. Me too. 
James Robinson, one for one, even up trade for Lamar Jackson. That's laughable me, to me. Yeah, right. That's that's not even close. For Keenan Allen. Still much rather have Allen. Right. Several trades, uh, examples of trades that were Robinson for a future first rounder. So just flipping Robinson for a first. Give me the first rounder every time. Yes. No matter the state of my team, I'm still doing that. Yes. Yep. You know me I mean? too. Uh, the one that I thought was fair is, is James Robinson for Mike Williams. That's a spot where I'm where I'm willing to take a chance if I need that running back, or if I really just think James Robinson is the long term answer. Selling Mike Williams, I think, is uh, is a good idea there. That's the most logical one of these, especially if I'm good now and I want to start Robinson the rest of the year and make a run. Right. As always, I, I put James Robinson, uh, our Dynasty value study focus player, up against several other running backs who are being valued in the same range as him. I, I put him up in a series of polls on Twitter. Uh, and again, the, the, the people always seem to surprise me. We'll start at the bottom here. David Johnson, 17% of the vote. That means uh, against James Robinson, DJ took 17%. James Robinson was the 83% favorite. No surprise there. Similar no. results with Leonard Fournette, who got 19% of the votes. And here come the surprises for me. Devin Singletary, 31%. So overwhelming majority prefer James Robinson there. David Montgomery, 45%. Uh, Chris Carson, 47%. James Robinson, was uh, was the choice above each of those guys. Do you see anything you'd argue with there? Montgomery really sticks out to me as somebody I would clearly rather have than Robinson. Right, and of course we saw the injury to Tariq Cohen uh, this week. I don't, I don't know if that leads to more targets or more usage in general for David Montgomery. But uh, as as bad as that is for Cohen, it. It can't, it can't hurt Montgomery's uh, usage and his numbers. Uh, only two running backs were preferred to James Robinson in the series of polls I did. Kenyon Drake was one of them, and he uh, that was just 50, 53%, right? Drake is one of those, one of those guys that uh, the community loved in the preseason and uh, uh, before the season started, I should say. But just 53% to Robinson's 47 and Antonio Gibson, 58%. So a little more comfortable there. But uh, most of these running backs being valued in the same range for sure. Yeah, but I'm, Gibson and Drake to me aren't close. I clearly would take those guys. Yes, I agree. I agree. I was surprised it was even as close as, right, as it was. Right. Matt, when we come back, we'll get into our next dynasty value study. We're putting Josh Allen under the lens. Uh, Now more than ever, it's important to show support for your team and your community. Visa and the National Football League know that local businesses help your community move the ball down the field. Small businesses everywhere are overcoming challenge in these new times thanks to teammates like you and Visa. Because when everyone pitches in, everyone benefits. Being loyal to local businesses ignite growth and support all of us and our communities. Because they know that's where you shop matters, Visa urges you to support your local retailers who are making shopping safe and reliable. And remember, tap to pay with contactless Visa wherever you see the contactless symbol 
to help support your community. Visa, the official partner of the NFL. Matt, we're back with our second Dynasty Value Study of the show. It's Josh Allen, who is off to uh, just an amazing start. You've got Russell Wilson uh, getting all the credit, which is certainly due as as when, when you look it, at sure. the way right, right when you look at the way he's started the season. But but I think he's kind of uh, he's kind of overtaken or overshadowed Josh Allen, who is. Uh, off to an amazing start himself. Week one, QB three performance in fantasy. His first game over 300 yards. Also rushes for 46 yards and a touchdown. Week two, another QB three performance and throws for over 400 yards and four scores in that game. And then this past week, another top three quarterback performance, 300 yards, four passing touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown on top of it. Uh, the problem with Josh Allen, Matt, and this is really why I wanted to to have this discussion with you and to, to really pull some of this data, is, as we've talked about the past couple shows, these quarterbacks are just off to such a hot start. We're actually going to talk a little bit more about that later in the show, the big picture uh, when it comes to quarterbacks and, and dynasty leagues. But these guys that were ranked ahead of Allen coming into the season are all off to great starts. So it almost feels like in some ways he hasn't even gained value. He was the quarterback seven coming into the season, and he's still basically the quarterback (laughs) seven. All tides got raised. Yeah, all the ships got raised with the tide type of deal. Right, right. Have you seen enough from from Allen that would want to make you rank him over... Deshaun Watson or, or, or I don't know. I don't Maybe even know Watson. who it would be. Right. It might, might be Watson. He's the only, Maybe I would Kyler. think the only option. I, I I think he's the most improved player in the league. And this is purely from an NFL standpoint. I've been very hard on Allen. I thought his lack of accuracy would be a huge problem throughout his career. And he's with a very good coaching staff and adding digs has certainly helped. But he's a much better player, in my opinion, than he was when we saw him last. Um, I would have been less hesitant a week ago, but he carved up the Rams, too. And that Rams defense is a Fangio-like defense, which is very difficult to decipher for quarterbacks. And he mentally processed it really, really well. He looks like a much improved deep ball thrower. We know how bad he was at that before this year. And again, Diggs helps. And I don't know if people realize this, but the Bills are one of the most pass-happy teams in the league and almost always have three or even four receivers on the field. And what stands out with me is all the obvious stuff, obviously, but what stands out is he's only rushed for 46, 18, and 8 yards over three games, where he may have 80 next week. Right, right. There's, there's still as, as crazy as it sounds with these, uh, these performances he's put up so far. There's still a, a little meat on the bone when it comes to the rushing. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you though. It, it's just, it's really just the state of the quarterback position, and, and as I said, that's why we want to get into it uh, a little bit later in the show. Some of the recent trades for Josh Allen, uh, and all of these are from one quarterback leagues. 
Josh Allen for Drew Locke and a first rounder. Locke Josh carries Allen, very little weight in that conversation to me. Right. That's that's yeah. essentially essentially Allen for the for, for the pick. First, right. I, I did think it was interesting though. All three of these trades are essentially using uh, a lower tier quarterback and and some picks to upgrade. upgrade. Matt Ryan a first and a third for Josh Allen. Carson Wentz a second and a third for Josh Allen. A couple of those feel feel like slam dunks, but basically is is Josh Allen now worth a first rounder in Dynasty in a one quarterback league? Huh. I kind of want to bite my tongue until our third segment conversation a little bit okay. in okay. terms of get value. It. But I think these are fair trades and they make a lot of sense for both teams, really. But I'm going to just be quiet on that for a minute, if you don't mind. Okay, sounds good. Well, we will get in uh, into it a little deeper when it comes to the quarterback position because I think I think we might be starting to see uh, a little shift in in the dynasty landscape when it comes to the quarterbacks. Uh, let's take a look at the Twitter poll. Uh, the Twitter polls that we uh, that we found when it comes to Josh Allen. Uh, I did not compare him to Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. I sure. still think they, I still think they are the top two options uh, when, when it comes to dynasty leagues and, and no surprise, Russell Wilson easily won that poll. 82%, only 18% for Josh Allen. Kyler Murray was close. 79%. Dak Prescott, 65%. Deshaun Watson, a little bit closer. 57% for Deshaun Watson and 43% for Josh Allen. I prefer Allen to Watson, but a little bit of that is bad taste in my mouth with Watson through three weeks, and his schedule gets much easier. I mean, this might be as low as Watson's stock goes. Allen versus Murray, to me, is a coin flip, and I like Kyler a lot. Wow, okay. All right. So I think if that's the way you're feeling and, and you've got Kyler Murray on your roster, I think you could make a yeah. a, a trade and right. You could get Josh Allen. I don't and think something. you're going to get a first rounder, but you could get Josh Allen and something, a, another piece that would help you. So if you're, if you're listening to this and you agree with Matt, that you see those two guys, Kyler Murray and Josh Allen is, is basically a toss up. Then that's the type of trade you would want to explore. I like Kyler a lot, but I do think he, you know, he just threw a couple picks and still looks like a young passer to me. There's tons of ability there, but he's still a see it and throw it guy. He was a baseball player two years ago. Like, I just don't know that we're out of the, like, we're out of the woods with Dak. We're out of the woods with some of these younger guys, but I'm not sure that we're out of the woods entirely that Murray's going to be great, like everyone thinks. Okay, well, and, and some of these same things were said about Lamar Jackson last year. And it was around this point when we said, okay, we're out of the woods with Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. right? That oh, we've accepted him as he's not a player who's, who should switch positions or he's right. not a player who will never, uh, never be an accurate passer. Are we out of the woods with Josh Allen? We're barely in the woods. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're, we're, we're almost there. Right. We, we've we gone see, through a lot of trees. We can see the light. Out. Yes. We're, the field is opening very close to us. 
the only quarterback that Josh Allen did defeat in the, the series of Twitter polls that help us identify his current value is the rookie Joe Burrow. It wasn't close. Burrow got 38% of the vote. Uh, no surprise there. I see, I see the top seven quarterbacks. So we're talking Mahomes and uh, Lamar Jackson, Wilson, Murray, Prescott, Watson, and Allen. Those top seven and then everybody else. And that's exactly what we will talk about uh, as we wrap up the show today. Uh, Matt, I did want to say, and you kind of alluded to this before we before we finish up with the Josh Allen conversation, just how good the Bills offense has been in general. Uh, and it's not just Josh Allen. It's it's Diggs and it's uh, John Brown before this uh, before this injury that he dealt with last week. Um, and it's it's Brian Dable and, and the the play calling. It's it. The Bills are now one of those teams that you want to invest in, whether you're talking about buying those players in in a dynasty league or if you're just talking about even setting a DFS lineup on a weekly basis. You want a piece of that offense because it it has been so impressive and we can throw them in uh, with – uh, with the Rams and the Packers and the Chiefs and the Ravens, those teams that we always want to focus on, Seattle and Dallas in there as well. This is oversimplifying things, but I'm starting to think that I almost don't care if I like this quarterback as a college prospect, if I you know loved his tape at Bama or LSU or Oregon or whatever. I might only care where they go anymore. I, I mean... Haskins goes to Washington and, uh, you know, like I almost care more than ever now of their situation and who's going to raise them as children as opposed (laughs) to who they even are. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's a great point. Uh, and as we've, we've teased a couple of times already, we're going to wrap up the show today with a, a more detailed discussion about the quarterback position in dynasty leagues right after this. Matt, we have just finished up the Josh Allen dynasty value study. We, we've we loved what we've seen from him, but because of the, the crazy start for these top-tier quarterbacks, he, he just can't move up the, the rankings. He's got this glass ceiling uh, right above him, and that glass ceiling is Mahomes and Jackson and Dak and, and Russ Wilson and Kyler Murray. And Deshaun Watson, and and maybe maybe the glass is starting to break for Deshaun Watson, and and we're getting close there. But you made this point when we were talking earlier in the week, and if you're you're in a twelve team dynasty league and you don't have one of these seven quarterbacks, it seems like you're facing them every week, right? You you yeah. can't avoid them because now o- over half your league has one of these guys, and uh, and if something crazy happened, maybe one team has has a couple of them. But in most cases, over half the league has this elite fantasy quarterback that's putting up 30 fantasy points a week. And if you're even if you're rolling out Matt Ryan or or Ben Roethlisberger or or guys who have that ceiling, they don't have that that consistent ceiling. They're not doing it every week like these guys are. We might be seeing a, a big gap in quarterback value between those guys and everybody else. Yeah, and, and I've really just started thinking about this just yesterday, and, and it's probably more redraft than dynasty in that, 
you know, you only have so many weeks to play against these guys, and you assume you're in a 12-team league, and there's six or seven awesome ones. And I've always been, this is why I bring up redraft, I'm always that guy that takes the 12th quarterback off the board. You know, I wait and wait and late-round quarterback, and then I take a flyer on another one. And I love my running backs, and I love my wide receivers. But all my running backs and wide receivers are hurt, and I can't keep up with the the quarterbacks I'm playing against right now. And maybe this is short-term thoughts by me, but I almost feel like I have to play defense and make a trade to get Dak, Wilson, Murray, Allen, Mahomes, Jackson, just so I don't spot my opponent 10 points every week. I mean, there's only going to be a handful of weeks that I play a quarterback that's the equal of my Matt Ryan or Stafford or Ben or whoever I've been living with that's so much worse than these guys. Like, even on their best day, is Matt Ryan going to beat Dak's fantasy numbers? I mean, I always feel like... I'm spotting you 10 points at least if you have one and I don't. Yeah, I think I think it's a great point. I think it's a great discussion. You you said it kind of felt like more like a redraft discussion. I don't think it is because yeah. the the good thing in redraft is you have smaller rosters, so you've got quarterbacks on the waiver wire and you can stream, right? If if Teddy Bridgewater has a great matchup or Kirk Cousins or or But is that going to keep Carr. up with Russell Wilson? I don't think it's going to keep up with them, but it gives you options, right? It gives right. you, instead of having two or three quarterbacks on your roster, like you do in dynasty and you know, I've got, I've got one team, uh, Matt, it's a great team. I'm loaded at running back and wide receiver, but my quarterbacks are drew Locke and Kirk cousins. And every week I'm picking between those guys. And obviously now I'm, I'm, I'm stuck with Kirk cousins mm-hmm. during this injury. And it's just painful to submit that lineup and, and you're totally right. Trying to buy one Lamar. of right. <laughs> trying to buy one of those top seven quarterbacks is almost impossible. And, and value wise, you know, you could almost put Joe Burrow into that conversation because even though we haven't seen the results yet, his, the value and the expectations are, are up there and he, he's certainly not cheap. But I was never in that market to go get a Dak or a Wilson or a Murray I'd rather spend that money on a young running back. But I'm wondering if it's something you have to have to compete. Like, you have to be this tall to ride the ride. Well, you got to have one of these seven quarterbacks to keep up week to week with the, the league. Yeah, I'm, I'm always hesitant in Dynasty because I think there's so many strategies mm-hmm. that can be successful. I don't think there's one way you have to do it. And, so, and some of it might be me overreacting because the strengths of my teams, the the running backs, the Kittles, the Godwins aren't carrying me like they used to. Right. So I think this is happening for a couple of reasons. One, we've preached, we've, we've preached late round quarterback. Um, and of course that, that stems from our buddy JJ Zacharyson. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've preached that forever on the dynasty blueprint. Just wait, don't take an early quarterback, just like you're talking about. And, and one reason that has worked so well for years is because we've had these quarterbacks who have been labeled as old quarterbacks, and they've been old quarterbacks for five years, Breeze and Brady and Ben and Rivers, and, and, and they've been producing at a pretty high level for the most part in most of those years. And now with Breeze, with Brady, certainly with Rivers, we're really starting to see those guys take a step back uh, and and not produce at the same level uh, that they have been. So if you've been 
riding Drew Brees for the past 10 years in your fantasy in your fantasy lineup in your dynasty league you're really starting to feel it this year that that's it's hurt that's not yeah. you're right it's hurting you yeah. it's not putting you over the hump the other thing and you can you can see kind of the theme when we when we say those names Mahomes Jackson Prescott Wilson Murray Watson and Allen you can see the theme is that all of those guys can give you something with their legs as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's really the shift I think that we've seen over the past few years um, that not, not, you know, you don't have to rely on a, a 350 yard game and four touchdowns because they can give you, they can give you more. We talked about it earlier in the show with Josh Allen and, and some of his stat lines. I feel like you know every week I'm I'm writing down these these numbers as uh, as I watch the games or I'm going back and looking at games, looking at box scores, looking at, at everything. And anytime I, I I feel like if I have to write that and when I'm looking at stats, it's a good thing for the player. So with with Josh Allen, you've got to you've got to note his passing yards. And is rushing, no, yards, right? right? Right. And same with Lamar Jackson. Same with really, really almost all of these guys in this top tier. It's it's the same way at the at the running back position, right? It's 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 why we've seen McCaffrey and Kamara and uh, and Eckler and these players, Saquon Barkley, become so valuable because it's not just the rushing; they can beat you in two ways for fantasy players. They can give you production in two ways as a rusher and a receiver. Uh, the two interesting cases here, I think, are Aaron Rodgers yes. and Cam Newton. Because right. both of these guys... Rodgers is the outlier guys, with the old guys. Right, right. Uh, both of those players, uh, a little bit older. Cam, just 31. But uh, I think after the injury, he was kind of lumped into the, the has-been group. Uh, but both of those guys certainly are performing. They have gained uh, a ton of fantasy value and dynasty value over the past uh, three weeks because the expectations had gotten so low for both of them. I mean, th- these are two guys that were being drafted well outside, not only outside of the QB1 range, outside of the top 12. They were being almost, they were falling almost outside of the top twenty, right. which seems crazy now that that somebody might have been taking a chance on on Drew Locke or or right, I mean, right. even even Baker Mayfield, who, Daniel Jones, who, right, right, yeah, wow. Daniel Jones yeah, right, right. is a good one. So, how are you valuing Rodgers and Cam Newton at this point? I think they're interesting cases, and I think Burrow, for the opposite reason, are interesting cases in that. Boy, Rogers is playing well, and and Newton is built for fantasy goodness. I mean, how many top five finishes in a row did he have in his career? And he's with the best organization in the world to utilize a player, and I think he'll stay the Patriots starter. So they were cheap as could be, and if you got them, congratulations. Their stock is rising super-duper fast, but I still would be buying, you know, on both those guys. Burrow, I think people look at and think maybe he's the next one, the next great player, the, you know, passing all the tests as a first overall pick. And I 100% agree. But back to my conversation of being, you know, he didn't go to the best team to get the most out of people and win a lot of games historically. And if he keeps getting sacked eight times a game and throwing the ball 60 Mm. times a game behind that line, he may 
not. I mean, when we get together next week, he may not be in the lineup. <laughs> yeah, he took Bad. a he took a hard shot oh. last last Sunday, and uh, I was more I come. was worried. Right, I was worried about him then. He he uh, popped up and came right back in the lineup after one play. Matt, it's a it's a great time to have one of these guys on your dynasty roster. If you don't have one of these players, it may be time to go be aggressive in adding a quarterback, which is not something we've said on this podcast too often no. in the past. Not having one stinks. It really does. It Last really does. note, I, I, Watson's the one you can maybe get, though. I mean, his stock is as low as it can possibly be. Played the best two teams in the league. The offense is in shambles and trying to figure out life after Hopkins. Then they play the Steelers, which I think is the best defense in the league. It's going to get better for Watson. He's a tremendous player, and their their schedule is very favorable going forward. He's not in the top six to me, but could be a month from now. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. He's the one who... Uh, He's buyable. Who is up, right, he's buyable. He's the one you can maybe get right now. Mm-hmm. Matt, that does it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. You can follow Matt at Williamson NFL, and I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.